Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles. Welcome back. Yo. It's good to have you back in studio. Good to be back and like hang out for a little bit. Yeah, we got uh, we got out of here. This is two years in a row where our trip, our trip to Michigan has been perfectly timed. Coincided perfectly with, with... With the ridiculous weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was... Uh, I heard people tell me that the heat indexes was in the high hundred and teens yeah. while was, I was gone. And then I get for back... For a long time. And then I get back, high of 80. Right. Like, for a long time, too. Yeah. I was just grateful that I had the penitential time to do, yeah. to do that. Because you really need it. That's right. the thing. The thing about me. Yeah. I was glad, I, you know, me. I was also glad that you had that, just because yeah. I felt like you really needed it. The thing about me is, I'm a big sinner. Yeah. Uh, but I... We Been did, meaning to talk to you about that, actually. Well, let's let's ha- let's to, talk about it over... Uh, I mean, what other way to do it other than pouring a glass of whiskey and talking to, uh, you know, thousands of people? I've thought about what to say. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I came up with. Thank you. Stop it now. <laughs> I like the qualification. Stop it! <laughs> uh, so tonight we're going to drink Noah's Mill. It's a genuine bourbon whiskey, handmade in the hills of Kentucky. It is about 57% uh, ABV, which is 114 proof. Pretty, so that's pretty high. Pretty high. It's made from the uh, Willet Distillery. Okay. Um, it is non-age. There's a no-age statement on it. Okay. When they first released it, there was about, I think they had, a, it was a year 10. Uh, and they had that on there, and then they took it off, uh, and then they started, uh, what farming out the, the dis, um, the dis- distillation process. Uh huh. Yeah. And just recently, they moved it back in to the Willet. Uh, so maybe distillery. there'll be an age statement in the in the future on this. Yeah, but I really like one. the bottle. Uh, it's you know, it's. I the, also like the presentation. It's nice. Yeah, it, it's a green bottle. You know, so it's like old school. Right. You know, like almost like you found this at from like a shipwreck. You know. Or something like yeah, because it's like the green amber bottles like you don't see very much anymore. Um, the the label just looks like an old school label. Um, it's it's really it's just nice presentation. Just looks kind of cool. It almost looks like a wine bottle. It's a wine bottle in shape. Mm-hmm. For those of you who can't see it, yeah, it's, it it is. It kind of catches your eye. Like, oh, what's yeah, that one? It, it stands school. out. Yeah, look at this old school whiskey. Yeah. So uh, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Jesus. We also have Jim here with us this evening. Hey, Jim. Jim, great to have you back. I haven't seen you in a long time either, Jim. So it's good to good to see you. A nice color. Juan was here. Um, let's see. Last week, he was here last week with me and and Dr. Kent Lesnowski. It took me almost the whole episode 
to get his name right. I was, I was just going to say, kind of a tough name to say. Uh, well, and the thing is... Lesnowski? We, uh, I have been calling his... Like, I've been pronouncing his name Lesnowski? Uh, Lesnowski uh, for a long time. It's Lesnowski? Uh, Kent Lesnowski. Yeah, that, that's what I used to call it, but it's Lesnowski. Oh, Lesnowski. I was going to say, there's no W in it. It's not Nowski. It used to be. It, you, there used to be one. They took it out. Yeah. Um, anyway... So it took me a while, Lesnowski. but it was a great episode. Go back and listen to it if you are a married man or if you are... Good Polish name, um, I would imagine. Yes, I think so. Um, but if you're getting married or you are married, it's a great episode. So anyway, what, do you th- what are your thoughts of the... It's very, it's very good. Um, kind of a lot of muted, muted flavors to it. It's very warm. One thing that I was surprised by is how there's... There's so little alcohol burn for being so strong. Um, I, I kind of thought there'd be more of a burn, and I, th- I really, I like it. I think it's smooth. Wow. Uh, I, you know, I got to disagree with you on the. You alcohol think there's burn. a lot of burn? Yeah. Maybe I'm just really greased up. Yeah, maybe. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, I like it. It definitely has some heat to it, uh, but there is nice. Um, huh. I still don't think so. I'm willing to be wrong, um, but I, I do like it. I, I do like. It. I, you know, I, it's defer, about a, I defer to you. It's about a sixty dollars bottle, so it's on the higher end of what I would consider like. Yeah, for a bourbon, that's that's pretty expensive. Like a mid tier bourbon mm-hmm. that's a higher end of the mid tier. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I I would I would buy it again though, for a special occasion. Yeah, it's um, especially as a gift. It's kind of an interesting. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we said, bro. I got to give a shout out to my son Jude. Okay. Yes, I think you should. I was so proud of him. So you know, I also was so proud of him the other day. <laughs> so you know, I don't want to steal your thunder on your story. Go ahead. So you know, you and I like we were part of book clubs. Uh, you know, we have one on on Patreon. So if you go to patreoncom slash show, you can be a part of our book clubs that we yeah. do. And so my my kids hear all the time talking about book clubs. And so my son came to me. Jude came came to us not too long ago and said. Um, Dad, I want to start. I want to start a book club. I'm like, okay, I, I, okay. What, what are you thinking? You know, what are your thoughts? He goes, I want to start a comic kid book club. I was like, okay, and that's how he called it, a comic kid book club, not a kid comic book club, but comic kid book club. Okay. I said, okay, what you know, what do you want to do? And he says, what I want to do is I want to have like every like all all the people in the club uh, make a comic. Like draw out a comic, make a story, draw out a comic. I want to invite them all over. I want them to to present their comic, and then I want them to give it away to one of the members in the club, and we all switch. It's like that's a great idea. You know what? We'll do that. So we invited the Posadas, we invited the Niles over. You know, with all the kiddos, and we all were part of the Comic Kid Book Club. It was awesome. And so Jude at the beginning, you know, I, you know, before everybody got there, I was like, Jude, have you thought about like what you're going to say and how you're going to present? You know, you're the you're the leader of the the, yeah. the book club. Like, have you thought El Presidente, about this? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said, yes, I think so. And we kind of went over it for a minute. He's like, okay, yeah, yep, I think I got it. And so like all the kids got there and he goes, you know, gets everybody, sits them all down. He gets in front of everybody and he goes, uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to the first Comic Kid Book Club. Yeah, and how old is Jude? Uh, he is eight. No, no, nine, nine. nine. Yeah. He's nine. I'd like to welcome everybody to the first Comic Kid Book Book Club. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. 
I'm really excited uh, that you're here. I'm really excited. It, he was yeah. such a like he stood up with such composure in front of this other this group of kids, and it was like wow, Jude is such a little man right now. Like it's like I couldn't tell like is he the CEO in a, like in a boardroom or you know it's just like the composure and poise with which he was thanking the kids for being there, telling him how excited he was that you know like. For the, this club, you know, it's like presenting the vision of the organization. You right. know, it was like, what the heck? Who is this? <laughs> and then you like, know what? You're hired. Yeah. And then he was like, here's what we're going to be doing. And some, one of the kids said like, well, what if we did it this way? And he goes, uh, that's a great thought. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go first. So that way I can just uh -huh. show everybody yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me acknowledge that and redirect. <laughs> I mean, it was like yeah. the, whole, the whole thing was just amazing. <laughs> it was great. It was like, wow. Um, again, the importance though. It's almost uh, like he's got. Like his dad's a communications director or something. <laughs> uh, it's again, in his blood. That's what I was about to say. The importance of like how you behave, even when you don't think your your children are watching, and the things that you do, your kids do watch and they want to emulate. Yeah. So, and that's for both positive and negative things. Yeah. Um. All the time. All the time. They're watching. So uh, you know, it's actually, a little creepy. It was a, it was a proud dad moment it. though, for sure. Yeah. And he like yeah. spent I, a long I'm, I'm time. Glad on you, his I'm comics. glad you brought that up. Okay, his comics. Did he write those? Yeah, he wrote those. Because like the first one, I was like honestly wondering, and I was actually thinking like I shouldn't even ask you on the show because like he probably copied that from somebody else. I don't, th I don't think he did. It was so good. I don't think he did. I, I was laughing out loud, <laughs> legitimately. I mean, it was, what was it called? It was called Frogzilla featuring the Time Wasters, a parody by Jude. Yes. And... If the title sounds incredible, the comic was amazing. It was like, it was, I don't know, five or six pages. Yeah. And uh, I was just very impressed. So shout out. Way to go, Jude. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you give us like, well, I don't want to sell his comic on our Patreon page. Never mind. <laughs> just Probably monetize the children. If you give us $100, we'll send you a copy of Jude's comic. <laughs> Just monetize. This is why you have children. You can yep. monetize. And he's not old enough to claim any rights. So, <laughs> uh, but you just got back from your 17 week long vacation. Yeah, it was so great. Um, just, you always hate when it's over. Yeah. Uh, so how? Like, how was it? It was good. It was excellent. Um, those people. People don't know. We have a, my family has a cabin in northern Michigan. It's about uh, 20 miles north of Gaylord, Michigan. Um, it was. Uh, it's a log cabin. It's built by my great great uncle. Maybe great, great, great uncle. I don't really know. Like when it starts working, when you get so far away in the tree, it's, it's like, it's, who are after you? After the great, uh, after one great, it's like, I don't know. It and just, especially when it's an uncle, right? It's not like right. a straight up right. branch. You know, we're not, this is not a direct descendant, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. But anyway, he built it 88 years ago. It's a, so probably just great, great would be my guess. Yeah, but he was old. At the time, mm. yeah, you know, whatever anyway. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's a log cabin. It's just a straight up log cabin. Yeah, it's in it's in great shape as far as it goes. Um, you know, no uh, dishwasher. Very very small. Everybody's packed on top of each other, which is great. Um, but it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Just really nice to get away. Yeah. Did you do any fishing? I did. Mark Gabriel, our, our friend, yeah. caught a four-pound largemouth. Wow. Dude, when he pulled that thing out of the water, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. So we edit. It was uh, so good. 
You did? Yeah, we filleted it. Wow. Um, when we get back, we need to talk about the things we're doing with Mark Gabriel. Yes. Wouldn't it be nice right after you get up and you say your prayers in the morning, you could check your phone and get caught up on all things that are happening in the Catholic world? That's exactly what GetTheLoop.com does. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. It's a really easy way to help support the Catholic Man Show because the more people we send to GetTheLoop.com for a free email, it's the only email that Dave ever reads. But by signing up for their email, you're also supporting us because they're supporting our show. This episode is brought to you by GetTheLoop.com. Again, it's the place to go to get daily emails that recap all the big issues from a Catholic perspective. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you tell them the Catholic Man Show sent you. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. I mentioned our buddy Mark Gabriel on the just before the break. There, we did cook the fish. So, the lakes of Michigan—they're all beautifully clear. Um, I think it's because they're all freeze in the winter, so there's zero algae. Hmm. And so, like our lake, visibility is about thirty feet. And I actually don't know how you count that because you can see 30 feet. You can see the bottom in 30 feet of water. So is that 60 feet of visibility or 30 feet? However that works. I don't know. Um, but up there, the water is so clean. The, fi- the fish taste better, right? So um, we've cooked, I can't tell you how many largemouth that we catch up there. And none of them ever have any, fi- there's zero fishy taste. Hmm. Uh, just because I think they're just, you know, they're a product of their environment and the environment is so so pure and clean. It's and, just, it's and just amazing. the home life. Yes. Oh, yes. But um, we, do, we do need to have Mark on because Next week. Um, we are doing something very exciting mm-hmm. with his company, Catholic Custom Company. Mm-hmm. He, at least he's not just his company, but he's, He's a member. Okay. Well, that was that was a struggle to yeah. get that out. I didn't want to like say it like he's the one making all the stuff. Yeah. So uh, we're giving away a home altar, uh, and we're giving away a hardback set of the Sumo, the five volume set of, of the Sumo Theologiae. Theologica. I don't like. I hear both ways. Whatever. Um, I don't understand why there's a debate. Is there a C or is there not a C? There is. Okay, then why is it not theologi- Theologica? I don't know. Like, why would you say Theologia? I don't know. I, to me, it's like, well, there's a C in it. I've seen, I've seen them actually I've, both I, ways. Okay, so maybe it's just transliterated differently, maybe. maybe. You know, anyway. So I also one, don't know. We're actually giving away a home, uh, one of his home altars that he's going to have it custom built for the winter. Uh, his company <clears> is the one who built the shrine for Sister Wilhelmina um, in Missouri, the un- in- incorruptible... Uh, nope, not incorruptible. Or incorrupt. That's my pet peeve. Thank incorrupt. you. Sorry, uh, the incorrupt body of Saint or Sister Wilhelmina, um, who was the prioress, I believe. Is that right? I think she was the abbey. Abbess? Abbess. Abbess. Okay. I think she was. I, I don't know. Yeah. So the don't, abbess. Don't quote me on that. I think she was the abbess, though. Anyway, uh, we're giving it away. Go to catholicmansion.com. There's a big orange button at the very top. You can you can sign up. There's like ten different ways to be able to sign up. Yeah, and to this win. like the altar is. What's the value on it? Uh, it's I mean, like it, it's. 
uh, almost $1,800. Yeah, yeah it and depends then, on how you customize it, because it's not set, it's not made. You're going to tell him, oh, do you want Roman arches, or do you want, like, Yeah, and so, uh, uh, and he's covering, Gothic? we're covering the uh, uh, shipping costs as well, which mm-hmm. is, like, another, like, $200. So yeah, so this is, a, this is going to be a sweet, sweet gift. Yeah, two, you, about $2,000 gift that we're giving away. That you can win. So, thecatholicmanshow.com, like, 10 different ways for you to enter to win. And it ends September 14th. The so. Catholic Custom Company, you go check out their website. They also have images, uh, like uh, statues, carvings of, of Jesus mm-hmm. that are like a good, manly and Saint Christ. Joseph. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's like, just he doesn't look like a sissy, which I, I have a Sacred Heart image that I really love, but Jesus is like sort of not, he doesn't look like that super strong. Hmm. He looks, you know, he's kind of got curly hair, and it was just a style back in the day. It's very old. I really like it, but I would prefer, if I could have my druthers, that he had like a little bit broader shoulders and mm. yeah, looked more like a man. Um, we're also doing the Catholic Man Show camp out. There's actually a couple of spots left. Uh, we, really? Yeah, we did not um, sell out. We did add like some more spots this year because... Yeah. What ends up happening is like there's a attrition rate, and so I kind of accounted yeah. for that. It's inevitable that when you have this many people signed up, something happens for a handful of them at right. the end. And... Um, and, but we did not email it out to everybody. Um, the patrons which have makes a, chance, a big difference. Which makes a big difference because yeah. our email list is did not not everybody um, get a chance. So anyway, there's a few left. I think there's still a few few spots left, maybe ten as of this recording. So if you want to go there, you can go to the Catholic Man Show as well and check that out. I, Adam, I'm really excited about it. Before we really get going, I just want to—I was just really thinking about this today about how old you are, and just—I just—you're just about to turn. I just wanted to remind you that, like, you are super old. You—you you can only do that because you're about—it's like your birthday coming up. That's my last chance. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. That I can't even believe that you're 37. That has to really stink. You know what's impressive is that this is the first time you've actually brought this up. Like, I went through my whole birthday. I'm maturing, and. No one, would, no one said anything about my birthday, like turning older or anything. I didn't say. I didn't say. I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I wish I had. Yeah. Not that mature. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so today is the feast of the beheading of well, St. John. When we recorded we, this. We're recording today. Yeah, it's not going to air. By the time this airs, it, this will probably be long, gone, long in the past. But uh, I just want to mention, this is one of my favorite terms for a feast day, the decollation of St. John. You know, we it's on the calendar. It just says the beheading of Saint John. The more traditional, old school word is decollation, and I just think like, wow, that is a cool word. Now I get it is about chopping people's heads off. Not all that cool. That the meaning isn't cool, but the word, it's a rich, like full decollation. Mm, that's a good word. Too bad it's about chopping people's heads off. <laughs> decollation of Saint John. So. St. John the Baptist, he can pray, pray for, for us. us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now I wanted to talk about, oh, wait, is there anything else? That's it. I got it all out. Okay, good deal. So now I, I wanted to talk about uh, zeal for souls. Sweet. Um, and mainly this is about evangelization, I would I would presume, right? Yeah. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about, um, you know, um, the conversion of hearts of your own and for others. Mm-hmm. It's a hallmark of all the saints. Right. Um, 
And so, okay, so let me just give you this definition of that St. Albert the Great gave. I thought it was phenomenal. Saint okay. Albert, as a primer, St. Albert the Great was, you know, the teacher of St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Uh, he was, if it wasn't probably for St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Albert the Great would be known as like, kind of like the doctor of the church, most likely. You know, like mm. he was the guy at right. the time. So here's what he says about uh, the zeal for souls. He says, the virtue of zeal for souls may be said to be perfect when a person labors for the salvation of souls, both their own and those of others, with all of his heart and all of his efforts. Um, and so like, I was just thinking about, you know, as the communicate, like, you know, as, as I'm working for the diocese, told them, I'm always thinking about in my job, how do I communicate the gospel to people? Right, like, how do I proclaim Jesus to everybody? That Jesus is Lord to not only the people in the pews, but also those who are unchurched and also who are uh, anti-church. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I do that? And um, one of the things that I think our, our bishop, Bishop Condola, like talks about uh, a lot is is about the importance of just living a Christian life in a normal capacity, like in a normal way. You know, he uses the example like, well, I mean, you you naturally talk about the the things in which you love, right? You go and you watch a football game, and it was a phenomenal football game. You talk about the football game to other people. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go and you you, <clears throat> you listen to a song. Oh, have you heard the song? Let me. You know, you should listen to the song. Check this out. Right. Um, you want to share it. Like it's like you can't help but share it with other people. Like the the moment that something in in you like is enticed or aroused or or like you know stimulates like your mind your thoughts your your emotions your soul like the thing that you want to do is share that like i just want to like i can't wait to tell dave i can't wait to tell jim i can't wait to tell Juan. i can't wait to tell my friends right about this yeah and so like obviously you can see where we're going with this right like that if jesus is the center of your life if he is the if he is uh the person in which that you have a relationship with that means the most to you and you know uh, his love that he has for you and the like the incalculable like uh, like value your soul has in the eyes of of your creator mm-hmm. then you like you can't help but everything that you do in your day-to-day life like exudes the like christianity in some way like the the values and like your faith like just it just comes out so the definition you gave virtue of souls he's talking about zeal for souls not virtue of souls the zeal for souls may be perfected it is perfect and he's talking about the virtue Mm -hmm. zeal for souls so my question for you is like at a more basic level what is it but more importantly where does it come from you know does zeal for souls come out of like, oh, I love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So does it come out of my own love for my neighbor? Or does it come from somewhere else in your opinion? Yeah, so Aqu- Aquinas actually talks about this, shockingly. Um, yeah. Do you know what part of the Summa? The second part of the second part. No, the first part of the second part. There's nothing in the first part of the second part. <laughs> this is this must be the only thing. No, uh, in, in question 28 of the first part of the second part of the Summa, uh, the Summa. Okay. He talks about uh, that. Ze- like he talks about the fruits of love, and he talks about like one of the the one questions he asks is like, is zeal a a a ramification or like a fruit of love? Like, does it come from love? 
And he says, yes. He says, uh, zeal arises from the intensity of love. So he says, like, the more intensely a power tends to anything, the more vigorously it withstands opposition or resistance. An intense love seeks to remove everything that opposes it. Okay, so mm. he's, so like the more you love something, right? The more like the the harder it is uh, to like break down that love or to prove like throw barricades up to stop that love or, or you know to to move that love forward, right? Sure. And the more intense, the more pure love that is, uh, the easier it is really to break down all those barricades because you see the the highest good for what it actually is, and all these lower goods that are like that are probably falsified or distorted or perverted in some way that, that is held up to be a, a, a good that they're trying to distract you from. Sure, yeah. So when we get on the other side of the break, I want to continue this conversation talking about zeal for souls. Listen, I know this is going to be a tough sell for you guys, but humor me here. This October, hundreds of Catholic men gathered together from around the world at Estes Park, Colorado, beautiful Estes Park, Colorado in October, going to be gorgeous for a five-day adventure dedicated to helping everybody build a better prayer life, forming up virtue and a life beyond Exodus 90, and having brotherly fellowship, getting to know one another, most likely over a pint. Join us, exodus90.com slash the summit. We're going to be there. Dave and I, we're going to be giving a talk. We're going to have a live Catholic Man Show episode there. Join us, exodus90.com slash summit. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Sipping on a little bit of this Noah's Mill bourbon. I think the the it's changed a little bit as I, as I've continued to sip. Has it noticed any I, difference? I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Good. But we're talking about zeal for souls. Like we're talking about like the virtue of of, of being uh, zealous of of having zeal for for the Christian faith, and you asked before the break, you, you were talking about like, well, where does zeal come from? Yeah. So Aquinas talks about how it is. It comes from. Uh, it's a fruit, basically, of 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 love. And so on before the break, I was talking. We were talking about how love always like you know. I think you can also. Oh, I think we've talked about this on the show before, right? So like when you first love, you know, you fall in love with your wife. The th- some of the things that you like really want to know about her and things like you, you're coming to, to get to know her. And and so some things are very important at that time, mm-hmm. right? You know, to, to know about her love language or like, you know, what she really likes, what she doesn't like, you know, all these right. different things, right? But the more that you fall in love with her, uh, the less those things are as important because one, you know it. And then two, like, yeah, those things aren't actually as important. The, as, ac- the accidents become less important. Right. You know, the the exterior things, and you right. become more more entranced and um, attracted to the interior things. The interior life, yeah. So my question, really, it may, I don't think I really asked it very well. Well, I was okay. Go ahead. Uh, and I just want to reframe it, and then sure. let you keep going. Do you love souls? Do you have zeal for souls because you have fallen in love with the soul? Or do you love the souls because God loves them, right? Do you love them because you love that which God loves, or do you love them because you have fall because you love them? You see, you see, there's a there is a difference. There is a difference, but I think they're also correlated. Sure, sure. So, like, the more that you fall in love with your Creator, 
Uh-huh. And the more you, you recognize the love that he has for you, you know, the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Yeah, right? it's a good one. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. So the more that you love, you know, you come to love uh, God, the more you realize, well, what, is, what does God want me to do? What is, the, what, what is the vocation in which I'm being called to by God? Mm-hmm. And that is to love him and how you love him, but to serve him by loving others um, on this earth. So I think that uh, the zeal for souls comes from a love of uh, and, and an awareness that you are a creature created by a creator, uh, that it, everything that you've received is a, is a, is a grace that is unmerited, um, that there's nothing you can do to, to merit this grace, mm-hmm. that he's given you this freedom or he's giving you this gift freely. And so like, what are you going to do with that gift? Mm-hmm. So you, you think it, it stems more from, I love them because God loves them, and I love all things that He loves. Yes, that's what I think too. Yes, that it's not so much that because the zeal for souls doesn't simply apply to those souls that you know. Right. It applies to all souls. Right. right. It, it's a universal. And app- also it applies universally. Those, those you do know and do not like. Sure. Yeah. All of them. Right, and it's not because you have fallen in love with them, but it's because you you know God loves them. Right. And if he loves them, so do you. Right. That's that's what I think the virtue is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just an interesting, yeah. good no, distinction. No, no, I, do too. I, I do too. I think that's a good qualification. But like St. Uh, uh, Albert the Great, he talks about, you know, that, uh, again, so to, to recap, the virtue of the zeal for souls is said to be, a, to be perfect when the person labors... For the salvation of souls. And I think labors is very important right here, right? Because like, it, ha- it has to be an action because it's a virtue. So it right. has to be habit. It has to be a habit. Right. And it says, with all of his heart and all of his efforts. Okay. So it's something that's going to be tough. It's going to be arduous. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be something that you're going to have to labor over, sweat yeah. over. You Consumes know. you almost. Yeah. And so he says, like, the labor accompanies the work. This is a very, to me, uh, Benedictine aura et labora type of uh, aspect. But the labor also is accompanied Wasn't, with... Was St. Albert a Benedictine? I don't believe so, but you know what? I could be wrong on okay. that. Because hmm. uh, Aquinas, you know, grew up in the Benedictine monasteries at For, first. I was thinking that he was, so but I, you know, once again, wrong. anyway, Google it yourself. Uh, but if you but really he says care. that labor is accompanied with holy meditations, fervent desires, tears, prayers, vigils, fast, and other good works. So not only is your action required, but also that like there's a physical uh, action that has to take place, but there's also a spiritual reality that has to take place. Um, and so I think this is very important when we're talking about zeal, and especially when we're talking like uh, in, here in just a little bit when we talk about like counterfeit zeal. Mm. Like so, this is important to, to kind of lay this bit groundwork of understanding like there, this is a, a double like a, a two lung approach that you have to have. With zeal, that it's not one or the other; it's both. And um, again, uh, 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 Saint Albert the Great t- says that the, the the truly zealous man desires both of these things equally, but with with all of his heart. Mm. So it's not like he he favors one or uh, over the other. He knows both of them are are needed, yeah. and he's willing to do both. Okay, I like that. Um. So, uh, you know, so the importance of, of this, like, what is at stake? Like, what is it, what is, what is the importance of having this zeal for souls, right? Yeah. Like, um, St. 
St. Bede the Venerable, which I think is an awesome name. Like, not only do you have Saint at the front of your name, but then you have Venerable. It's like the Saint Saint. You right. Know? It's yeah. like you're getting like, you're getting two. Like, what if it was like the. He's the, a doctor of the church, isn't he? Uh, I don't, I don't know that. But uh, what if it was like Saint Blessed Bede the Venerable Servant of God? Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, 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 that is, that is pretty impressive. The Holy Saint Bede. Yeah. So here's what he said. He said, what could be more sublime and more pleasing to God than the deeds of those who endeavor in their daily activities to convert more and more souls to love their creator and thus to increase the ranks of those who delight in the eternal joys of heaven. So like, what's at stake here? Like Saint Bede is is saying like, basically what could be almost more pleasing to our Lord? Mm Mm-hmm than to bring him more souls so that they can delight in heaven for all of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it does seem like this is, this is the goal. Okay. You know, Christ tells us to be perfect. Like his heavenly father, like our heavenly father is. Um, And, you know, basically he's calling us to perfect charity at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want to just sum it up. So this is when you have perfect charity, you will have, zeal for souls you will have zeal for not only your own soul but for all souls right Mm -hmm. because these are the you know because you recognize once again how much they are loved by by god the creator Mm -hmm. um the interesting thing or thing i'm really pondering is because like we're talking about this as a virtue um like how do you practice it yeah, so because it, I mean, and if I'm skipping ahead, well, yeah, we can get to it in a minute. Yeah, let's get to that in a minute. But, I'm going to continue to ponder it until yeah. we get there. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but so Saint Gregory, so Saint Gregory talks about also he like echoes what Saint Bede, Saint Bede talked about like the importance of the salvation of souls, right? And mm-hmm. he says like there is no sacrifice to the Lord which is comparable to zeal for the salvation of souls. Uh, and then he gives like this example of like Christ in his life, right? Christ came down, the God Man came to this earth. In his own life, he had love and zeal that was perfected not only for the conversion of sinners, but the desire of the virtuous to reach a perfection in life and for the recuperation of souls that were otherwise going to be lost. So I thought that was really cool like to think about, like, I mean, I mean this isn't rocket science or anything, but, but to think about, like, Christ came down, you know, for, not, for, for, for everybody, for all of mankind, right? Yeah. But he came down for the conversion of sinners, he came down for those who were already virtuous to reach the state of perfection, and for those who were basically like they were they were lost, they were goners. Mm-hmm. So he came mm-hmm. down for everybody. For everybody, yeah. Uh, and he had this uh, complete zeal. And the thing about uh, zeal that Saint Bernard talks about is that uh, those who have complete zeal, like a perfect zeal for souls, disregard that. Uh, that happens to them to achieve the end. Mm. Like, so this is like perfect charity, right? right? And so he uses Christ as, as the example, right? He says, uh, Christ testified uh, that uh, he testifies that Christ was so ardent in his desires to save others that he disregarded completely the cost to himself. Meaning, and this is kind of something else we've talked about before, right, Dave? Like the idea that Christ knew the salvation came from that cross. Rigid was the word of the cross, mm-hmm. right? And that, he desired and almost embraced that cross. And like, you almost couldn't separate that cross from him because he knew and he would do it just for you or just for me. Right. Just for Jim. Even Jim. Even like barely, but he, but But he he would, but he He made it. He made the spectrum. He might 
you know, might not walk quite as fast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but even if it was just for one person, hit the 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 value of one soul <clears throat> is uh is infinity. Right. Is infinite. You know, I think there's a good analogy here in parenthood, you know, when you're talking about being willing to uh you know, go through sacrifices and stuff. Well, that's because parents have zeal for their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one you could think about it that mm-hmm. way. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to be willing to put up with all kinds of sufferings for the for the good of your children, regardless of uh, you know, at some point, regardless of the cost it for of you, right. right, right. So Aquinas talks about like, well, this can also you know, there's two there's two sides to these to this coin, right? There's this love of friendship that kind of like what you're talking about here, right? That regardless, like I I will the good for you. And so uh, I am going to do everything I can to remove obstacles or stumbling blocks for you so that way you can become as holy as you should, right? This is like the, the litany of humility, right? The Lord, that, that everybody become uh, holier than I provided that I become as holy as I should. Right. Right. So this love of friendship is like, I desire the absolute best for you. And I want to do everything I can to help you achieve the holiness that you were called to. Yeah. On the opposite end, there's this love of concupiscence is what uh, Aquinas talks about. And that's basically this zeal of envy. Like, I want to be successful, mm. I don't, so I don't want you to be successful. Mm. So we'll talk about this on the other side bad. of the break. We are going to the Holy Land, and we want you to come with us. Next year, during the Easter octave, from April 3rd to the 14th, 2024, for 12 days, we will be in the Holy Land. And we would love for you and your wife and your family to come with us. We're only going to take one bus. A lot of pilgrimages take multiple buses, but we want this to be an intimate uh, opportunity for us to pray together, to eat together, to drink together, to have fun, but also to grow closer to our Lord. So check out selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. Sign up today. Again, we're only going to take one bus, so it will fill up. Selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Today we're talking about zeal for souls. Something that you see a lot in the writings of the saints. Um, like St. Teresa of Avila who said she'd be willing to go to hell, you know, if, if that's what it took to save a soul or something like that. Was that St. Teresa of Avila? I don't know. I think it was. You know what? Let's just go with it. But she, she said something like that. It was pretty close. Don't quote me, but that's the gist. Okay, you know which. Uh, when I read that at first, years and years ago, it's like a little bit scandalizing because I was thinking like, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want to go to heaven, and if that guy didn't make it, if he didn't make the cut, that's his problem. You know. Um, but that's because I lack, I lack the virtue. Mm-hmm. And charity of Saint Teresa of Avila. Well, you, that you definitely do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's like a, by a lot. So, like, uh, obviously, we see, like, so as we're talking about this zeal for souls, and we're talking about, like, okay, how do we do this? How do we, like, what does it look like, right? As you're starting to build up this desire to, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, share the things that you love, namely, you know, share your faith, share, share that, 
uh, the treasure that you've been given freely with uh-huh. others. Yeah. There's uh, obviously downsides to it, right? This is opportunities for the devil to, to, to creep in, right? So anytime that there's, there's a, a good, you know, the devil is going to try to take that and pervert it and twist it and, and um, provide temptations and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, as we were talking about, like, there's this love of friendship, and that's like, I desire to do everything I can to help you. Like, I will the good for you. And so I want to, uh, you know, remove any stumbling block or anything to make you, you know, achieve the holiness, help you achieve the holiness that you're called to. Right. And then there's this like, uh, love of concupiscence is what Aquinas talks about. And this is like, uh, this, you understanding of, of, of a call to greatness for yourself, like this magnanimity within your soul. Like I, I have a desire and a, and a duty to, to, to do great things. Um, but because I have that desire, I see you as uh, as not an obstacle, but like competition. as a competition. Yeah, uh, because I don't want you to do well because I have to do well. Because then I look less great, right? Um, and so he says, like th- that's one of the of several things that you have to worry about when you're talking about zeal for souls. I mean, I think you can see this um, also just in the everyday life, right? Like, like especially in, in like the, even the podcast world. For instance, you know, it's like. Oh well, like, people start competing about numbers or like how many people you're listening or you know whatever right. else. And it's like, well, and that, not drive, being, that drives me crazy. You know, like, like being genuinely happy, like good. I'm glad that you actually have these. Yeah, you're trying to convert people. Like the really the competition among, um, not I mean podcast is a good example, but really it extends to like oh you have this apostolate, mm-hmm. you know, and like you feel like you're competing with other apostolates. It's like. Yeah, if that's how you feel about it, you need to um, like stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to maybe take a, a reset or something because this is not about you. Mm-hmm. It never is. Mm-hmm. It's about Christ. And so if you're not like rejoicing at all of the success for everybody, even if that means your apostolate fails, praise be God. Right. You know, that's what it should be about. It's, you know, it's. That's it exactly should- right. And in fact, that's what St. Albert says. He talks about this. He says, the signs of genuine and, condemn- and commendable zeal is when a person cares more for the winning of souls for Christ than he does about his own personal conveniences or even uh, his own life itself. Yeah. Uh, and he then gives like, examples of, of, of King David when he talks about my son, Al- uh, 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 Absalom, uh, my son Absalom, like how I wish I could have given my, my life for your salvation. And St. Paul, how he says, like, I would happily give myself... Uh, and give more than my own self for your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see this, like this desire, like I, like I love our Lord so much, and I understand that He loves me so much, and He loves you so much that I, I like, I'm willing to die, you know, so that way your soul can be saved. And we see this, like saints do this all, like throughout the course of church history, saints do this all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, from Maximilian Kolbe to Blessed Stanley Rother to like, I mean, there's so many different uh, saints. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it seems to me like what's happening here is that as you progress in the um, in the spiritual life mm-hmm. and you come to a deeper and deeper understanding of, not that you will ever come to a real understanding of this in this life or the next, but how much God loves you, mm-hmm. you start to have a deeper and deeper appreciation of your own value as an adopted son or daughter of his, right? As his, one of his creation, right? That he created you out of love mm-hmm. and just this over, overflowing love for you 
just how valuable you actually are. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think that we we all devalue our own selves. You know, uh, we don't appreciate how much God appreciates us, right? Well, I definitely think one of the virtues in which we lack in today's world is the virtue of magnanimity, for sure. I think yeah, I think we struggle with acedia. I think we struggle um, with this idea of somebody like apathy. Yeah. Um, and and like I don't think we realize. It's, like, we're all so comfortable, you know. Right. We kind of get used to. Yeah. Yeah, acedia. I think has plagued our ha- nation. It has a larger playing field than it used to. Yeah. Because things have become so easy, right, and comfortable all the time. Yeah. Now, so, so we talk about this, right? There's kind of two facets, like this, this right lung, left lung of, of the zeal for souls, right? This yeah. action, which they are again, action, and and, and then like the spiritual, act, the, the, the contemplative, okay. like action, like you know, the active life, the contemplative life. You yeah. Know, you have both things going on at the same time for the zeal for souls. Now, what do you think? Like, do you think that, the, like, what do you foresee being an issue, or do you see there being an issue, like what? What could be taken? Oh, like, well, there's always, always an issue here when you're com- look, thinking about the active life and the contemplative life. They always the temptation is to overvalue the active life all the time. That um, as if that's where things really happen and and matter, uh, which is actually not the not the case. The contemplative life actually is more important than the active life. Um, but before before we like, I want I do want to make sure to get to this. Ask you. How do you, and maybe this is what you're doing right now, how do you practice zeal for souls? Because I've been sitting here thinking about it, and it seems to me that zeal is like the accelerant, the fuel for your evangelistic efforts, right? That it's like, oh, because I have this zeal, mm-hmm. that is what's driving me to go out and evangelize. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that the evangelization itself is practicing zeal for souls. It might be. It seems to me. That the real practice, how do you grow in this virtue, comes more from the contemplative life than it does from the active life. You know, once I come to a deeper understanding about my own worth, the worth of, you know what I'm saying? What, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yes, I definitely think that that's the case, because I don't think you can come to the conclusion um, from a natural perspective of the value, like the like the value of this, like, and we see this uh, in in the, in the world today completely because we're all nihilistic, we're all nominalist, we're all you know um, utilitarian, right? So like, uh, if Grandma can't do anything anymore, you know, well, she like, has no value, she has no value, yeah. And so like, let's move, let's move on, right? Um, or you know, the unborn baby, they have no value, so like right. they're not a person, and so like you you know like so until you understand the complete gift in which life is itself and the gift of time that you have here on this earth. And the short amount of time that you have here on this earth uh, will reflect your eternal destiny for all of time, for outside of time, um, and that you were made to be with God. Uh, and whether you cooperate with that in this life, in this short amount of time that we have here, whether it's 100 years or whether it's five years, like whether that, that's still a short amount of time, mm-hmm. whether you cooperate with His grace or not, um, will determine where you end up for all of eternity. And so if you stop and think about that, like that's very heavy. And then you start realizing like, well, not only for me, but like for my wife and then for my children. And then who else? Oh, my neighbor. Well, who is my neighbor? Boy, that sounds very biblical, right? Like, you know, and like, so then you start realizing like this micro to macro level of like, yeah. uh, of your duty 
as a Christian that Christ commanded us right before he left, right before he left this earth, he commanded us to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something I've actually been thinking about in my own prayer life, is just how I forget to love people sometimes, right? I go about, and it's not like I'm being rude to them. It's not like I'm not, you know, not being mean to people as I'm going, but I forget in my interactions to just simply remember to like have charity for and have love for them for the you know this yeah is, i mean i, I i'm just ter- I, you know you go about your day and you just get distracted you're doing stuff and once again it's not like you're going around like punching people in the face no but you're not thinking like a lot of times you don't think about like well by my actions how are they perceiving this right or could or like, i could i've done something to help them and i didn't do it yeah and the what it stands out to me in moments throughout my day where it's like i had an opportunity that it was a small moment, that a window that passed mm-hmm. fast, but I didn't, I could have done something more mm-hmm. be- if I had been, like, had this in front of my mind, right? About just, um, you know, that Christ is in this person here and I need to be, I need to be loving them all the time, you know, like and I don't think every that, single I, I don't person. Think that, it's that, hard to do. I don't think that comes uh, without a, uh, you know, a very advanced prayer life because yeah. it's very hard for to remember Christ at all times to pray without ceasing, without it, like the habit of praying without ceasing. Right. Sure. Yeah. But it's something that I desire. Right. And right. I, but it's just, like I said, it's very difficult because, you know, you get, you're doing stuff, you're busy, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just not perfect yet. I, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. But I'm working on it. And I'm glad, I'm glad you have the desire for it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we're out of time on Catholic Radio. I want to give a shout out to local Catholic Radio stations all across the U.S. Whether you air our show or not, Catholic Radio is amazing. Make sure to support your local Catholic Radio station. Um, if you have a zeal for souls, you you would do so. You could do so. Indeed. Uh, on on the podcast, go check us out at thecatholicmanshow.com because I want to talk about like some of the the motives behind zeal for souls and like how there's double motives. Double motives, baby. So uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Okay, so like, we're talking about this, right? The active and the contemplative aspects of the the zeal for souls. Uh-huh. And so the active side, depending on what your current state in life is and depending on what uh, Christ is calling you to do, like, could be to uh, run, a, run a ministry. It could be to help the church in some facet, you know, uh, like the, your physical local parish, like, you know, in some kind of ministry or some kind of The active aspect. thing could even be prayer. Right? Well, okay, so hold, a on, hold on, time out, time okay. out, time. Sorry. Um, so, like, there's a lot of different things in which uh, Christ could be calling you to do in an active state, right? Um, and in doing so, you... Uh, there's dangers in that, right? Because what what happens is that you become the the uh, like the face of this organization or the face of this ministry yeah. or like the guy that everybody knows who's going to volunteer, like who's yeah. the volunteer in your parish. Pride lurks around every every corner, right? And so uh, you're going to become, in some way, shape, or form, like known as this guy, right? Uh, which is <clears throat> which is incredibly important uh, to have the spiritual aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so why you have to be humble like me and why you have to be humble like Dave really humble so uh, yeah so there's like this aspect of like you can see right 
you, you do this ministry and all of a sudden you start realizing like, well, I'm look at all this stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I'm really working for the kingdom. Right. And then you start saying like, well, you don't even, you don't do as much as I do. Well, mm-hmm. it, it, you see this in pastors, right? You see this like in different pastors, like not, not just Catholic priests, priests, but like, you know, Protestant pastors across the nation, they start with good intentions. I, I I'm not, I think that, uh, almost every pastor think like starts um, in some way, shape, or form it, with good intentions of want, the desire to bring people sure. to, to Jesus. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, slowly but surely, the the the, the ball speaking, starts rolling. Are you, are you speaking specifically about Protestant pastors right now? T- typically, okay. no, not actually, not not specifically, but, but typically, but typically, okay. But then all of a sudden, you know, they start getting fame and they start getting, uh, you know, they start because they're head of the church, they're becoming like this international speaker and they're writing all these books and they're all doing all these, these different things. And all of a sudden, yeah. uh, it's hard. The same thing happens to Catholic celebrities. Sure. Priests or otherwise. Or otherwise. And then all of a sudden it's very hard to differentiate the motives in which you are doing these things. Yeah. Those lines turn very gray. This is why for us, and I'm not tooting or I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but uh, we don't keep any of the money that comes to our show, right? Because we don't want to, that to be a motivating factor for us in the show, mm-hmm. right? That all of our Patreon, it just it goes to the show. Mm-hmm. We don't keep any of it. That way, we're just doing it for the show, like when we put in our time and efforts. And right. I think I think that has been a good a good thing for a us. Good, yeah. So uh, Saint Albert the Great talks about this actually, and he talks about like these motives and he says like there's these double motives right this this desire because you love god and you want to uh you know preach the gospel and then all of a sudden like you start receiving notoriety and you start receiving uh, affirmation and love and all these things that come back to you from doing mm-hmm. that and those are intoxicating everybody loves to be loved everybody loves to be recognized yeah you know it doesn't matter who you are like right. everybody loves to be loved and recognized sure yeah and affirmed and right yeah and so uh, he's, you know, he warns about this that even good and holy men can start out in this aspect, you know, w- with good intentions and and go down a, a, a bad route, a, yeah, a, a deep rabbit hole, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and so you know, he, he he uses this example of of a priest, like he says, like um, a priest may may want to hear like hear confessions for people. You know, because he has a desire to reunite people with God, his creator. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, well, are you doing this also because you wanted to gain friendship or notoriety or like, you know, uh, you know, affirmation of some sort of, like, oh, look at this holy priest who's like St. John Vianney. who's He's always in the Like 17 hours a yeah. day, you know, like, it, like, are you just, and so he says like a good test is like, are you just as excited to go hear the confessionals of noble, holy a rich, affluent people as you are one person, a poor beggar, like what, like he says, this is a good litmus test, right? So does it, like, are you just as excited in knowing like, this is what God is calling me to, if you're speaking in front of 15,000 people and 50 people, like, what are your motives here? Yeah. Um, and so he, he, so he just warns, like, he says, like, there's, there's, you need to be aware of this as you're getting into ministry, as you have this zeal for souls. Yeah. I, I think another good litmus test could be whatever it is you're doing, whatever the work is, what if, hypothetically, everyone took it the wrong way? 
and judged in like it mm-hmm. damaged your reputation, would you still do it? Mm-hmm. Right. If if you were misunderstood by everybody, mm-hmm. just hypothetically, you know. Well, he actually says that in there. He says like a sure sign of genuine and holy zeal is when a person seeks his labors to promote the glory of God more than to obtain any benefit or an advancement of himself. Yeah, see, um, he's always ripping off my stuff. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> um, so, okay, okay, so I, w- I just want to make sure that we understand, like, you know, because we've been talking about this, these two, like, the active and contemplative life, that while the active life, you know, can, can bring fruits uh, and also... Like good things as well, like uh, you know the affirmations and the love that they have for you is actually. I mean, it, it, it's a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing because it also, right. uh, you know, the Lord has seen it fit to show you a little bit of the fruits of your labor or to, right. to affirm like, yes, this is what you're called to do, or affirm like, look at the the talent that that I've given you to, you know, go and preach the gospel. Because yeah. the holier you are, actually, it's a matter of justice you receive more acclamation, right? I mean, because you have... Achieved, but like, you just desire it. You don't right, desire but it. You, don't des- you shouldn't desire, you desire the acclamation. Less. Yeah, right. less and less. But, but it's, it is a double-edged sword. That's why humility is so important, because as you grow in holiness, then you should be more acclaimed. Right. Um, and the acclamation can be intoxicating if you don't But the other side, right, the, the contemplative life... He says, like, this is why this, the contemplative life is so important, is because the fasting, the keeping vigils... The taking, the undertaking of acts of penances, mm-hmm. these receive like no personal advancements or worldly re- rewards, right? Like there's no benefit from a secular or worldly perspective in this, right? Uh, Unless you're blowing a trumpet, right? Before um, yourself, right? Um, which I think is dumb, which I don't like. I advise against. If I saw someone walking around the the square blowing a trumpet before them, I'd be like, that dude's an idiot. Stay away from him. Yeah. Um, so he, so he he says like for the zeal for souls, um, like this is why the contemplative life is so important because and mm-hmm. to keep your pride in check because the things in which you are doing uh, in, in secret, um, the Lord will reward you in secret. Yeah. Right? No, it's the secret things that you get the biggest reward for. Um. And so, like, so again, so I think that it's it's a fool's errand to go out and try to like. So there's there's a there's a guy that that that's a good friend of ours that is um, uh, he is like constantly running in to a wall spiritually. Every like, it just seems like he makes such great progress, and then like, boom, he hits a wall. Makes great progress, boom, he hits a wall. You know, like, and there's like just things being thrown at him, some out of his control, some of it like you know just not. You know, it's like, you know, this whole world, flesh and the devil thing of temptation, right? Some of it is him, some of it is the world, some of it is just temptation. You know, there's just all these different things, boom, getting hit, getting hit. Like, there's one thing for us to like, you know, be there for him as a friend, you know, and to encourage him and to desire, like, I have a deep desire, man. Like, you know, I, I, I'm struggling with whatever it is too, or I have empathy or sympathy, whatever it is with this person. It's another thing though, to uh, fast for the man and his family. Yeah. And maybe not even tell them about it and just fast. Yeah. And like that to me, uh, like when I get a, when I get a text message from a guy, you know, from somebody like one of our buddies or, you know, from you or from Juan or somebody and they're saying like, hey man, I just prayed for you and I didn't eat lunch today for you. Mm-hmm. Like that hits. Like that's, that's a, 
that's a, a, a true act of charity. And yeah. like, I know that that, that is, yeah, that is that love of friendship, right? <laughs> like, that, you're not a crier, but I could see that bringing you close. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, out of the blue. Like, yeah. That guy, he's so good. I mean, because that's a true act of love. That's, it is. That, that, that is a, like, that is a, hey, I'm, I, I am taking on self-penance because I desire nothing but great for you. Yeah, it's like one of the things I, I thought about when I got married and you know, all of a sudden became a father, which was expected. You know, the way I said that made it seem like it wasn't expected. <laughs> all of a sudden I was a father. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But it was, you know, like, okay, you know, every dad says, oh, I would die for my wife. I'd die for my kids. Okay. But I, I would ask, do you? Mm-hmm. Do you die for them? Because if you don't, like, really, when it comes down to it, would will you? But yeah, like, fasting, making sacrifices, like, on a regular basis, yep. those, that's, that's the sweet spot, baby. And I think that it's uh, important for us to think about not only for our family and our friends, but for our priests, for our parish oh, priests. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, men, we all can relate. You forget to pray for them, because everyone assumes, like, oh, well, they're the holy ones. Right. You know, we should be praying for the... You but, know, like, the, man, the, we know how, how much temptation we have in this world, right? Like, yeah. imagine how much more the devil wants a priest to fall than you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much more. Because it's more scandalous. Right. Brings, it, 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 brings, it, it, it does priest, more damage a, a to the church. A priest falls, and he brings people with him. Right. Yeah. And so, like, it's so important as the laity to be... Pr- like, do, do you pray and fast for, for Pope Francis? Like, you should be. Do you pray and, and fast for your bishop? You should be. Do you pray and fast for your parish priest? You should be. Yeah. One um, great little habit my family's gotten into the into the habit of doing is when we say the blessing before meals, we always say, and bless the bishop. <laughs> so we, we mm-hmm. pray for the bishop three times a day. That's great. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's just like, it's so easy to do. You mm-hmm. know, it actually doesn't take any work, but it just keeps, it's a constant reminder for us about like, hey, we have this apostle because, you know, like the bishop, he is, he is the father of fathers here mm-hmm. in our diocese, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and man, do we need, do the bishops, as priests need prayers, the bishops even more so because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> they're under attack from all different influences and pressures and yep. um, we, want, we want them to be good, strong men. But, but on this side, just I just want to throw this out there. Um, for if if anyone wants to learn more about the relationship between the active, uh, active life and the um, contemplative. contemplative life, thank you. A great book is the Soul of the Apostolate. Mm-hmm. Um, a fantastic book. It's all about the relationship between these two things mm-hmm. and and the importance of the contemplative life for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the books that really, really changed my life, mm-hmm. uh, changed my prayer. It really impacted my prayer life a lot. Dude, you know, like when you read a book, like and you're, you're like 10 pages in and you realize this book. Is, oh, baby. This book is going to change. Yeah. Like, change here, some things. Here we go. Yeah. That was that, one of that's one of those me. books. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. Um, in I fact, can't remember I who think, wrote it. In fact, uh, Dom Sh- 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 Shard. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shatard. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I and think it's I, I think it's Shatard or something. Uh, it I remember, sounds I remember like I was reading it and I was like, Dave, you need to pick this book up. Like, and it was like a year or two later that I yeah. finally read it. Yeah. My brother in law, Father Sean O'Brien, I think it's his favorite book. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um so anyway, like I hear all the time, 
people ask like, how do I evangelize? How do I bring people to Jesus? Like I need, I need a, a program or I need like, I need to be taught. And while like I sympathize with that, that thought process, because you do like, no one wants to be like, look stupid. No one wants to like right. fail. Uh, you know, you want to, to do well. You want to present the faith well to, and, to and other like, people. Going up and throwing yourself out there is scary. Right. It is scary. It takes, it takes fortitude. Yeah. Um, there's no way there is a certain course or booklet or videos you can watch that's going to help you do that as much as what it is is if you get on your knees and pray in front of the yeah, Blessed that, Sacrament. It's totally right. And it's not like, oh, I prayed, now I'm ready. I mean, kind of it is that way. But the thing is, the more you fall in love with Christ, the easier all of this becomes. Right. Then you will just naturally, like in conversations at work or conversations anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, you'll naturally bring the, the, they will work themselves into your life, right? right? And so that you will just tend to be more and more always evangelizing, not like standing on the soapbox, you know, at the street corner right. um, yelling, but that just you're kind of always having this hint of a witness, hint of a witness, constant, constant, constant. Yep. Um, all, everywhere you go. And then every now and then, you, um, real moments, real opportunities open themselves up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Those, the, those kind of haunt me sometimes because very rarely do I walk away feeling like I nailed that one. Sure. You know, like I'm, I really feel like I did just the right thing in those moments. Usually, I had one a couple of weeks ago while I was in Michigan. I, I bought a new guitar the guitar, the owner of the guitar store was there. I had a Catholic Man Show shirt on. He was talking about, he told me about how, oh, he got married, his wife's not Catholic, and so he he felt like for him it was more important that they be united. And so he goes to, he's been going to her church for, he's not, he's not a young guy, so mm-hmm. I don't know for how long, but he's like, but, you know, in my mind, when you're baptized Catholic, you're always Catholic. And well, that's actually true. It is true, and I, unless you denounce the. Faith. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right," but I didn't, you know. And I was like, "Glad to hear him say that." And it was a a really a a very friendly, positive conversation we had. But then I walked out thinking, ah, I didn't even invite him to come back to mass, you know, mm-hmm. like the you know just those kind of moments because that was a real mm-hmm. like, all right, the Holy Spirit kind of teed one up he for likes, me yeah the softball like, and i just feel like I, I feel like i duffed it you know but and but you know what yeah i know i it, didn't want to right? right um but those those kinds of things you just i just need more practice i need you know and you get better at it as, and, as it and goes like you and, just you can't be afraid to fail yeah like, because like the lord knows your heart and he knows like listen you had a desire to bring him to me even though if you failed yeah that's okay and then as i was walking away i did say you know i said a prayer for the guy and it's like, ah, because right away I knew, yeah, I should have, I should have said, like, even just friendly, like, not pressure, like, hey, well, you know, uh, maybe she'd be more open to coming to the, you know, why don't yeah. you, why don't you ask her about it? You yeah. know, if it's important to you, you should mention. And it was like, no big deal. Hey, what? But why don't you come back? We, the Catholic Church would love. We miss yeah. you. We miss you. Right. Uh. But I didn't. It's all right. So I did pray for the guy. Better than nothing. Yeah. 
I just think uh, when we think about zeal for souls, it's out of love, it's out of charity, it's not trying to, you're not going to like win an argument and win the soul, like that whole, you know, how to win an argument and lose the soul tactic, right? Right, right. Um, the zeal for soul is because you have this gift in which you've been freely given and it is so good that all you can think about is sharing, like is giving that gift to other people because um, you've been given it, you've been, you've received it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyway, that's all I got. Very that, good. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>